Today we're reviewing a movie where Margot Robbie skates around and bashes people's kneecaps. So we're reviewing Itonia? No, today we're talking about Birds of Prey, starring Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jernay Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Chris Messina, Ella J. Basco, Ali Wong, and Ewan McGregor, directed by Kathy Yan. And I should preface this, actually. We're talking about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, how dare That's you forget fault. that, Jesus. How, you, um, how dare you forget the know, subtitle? Right? On, on Women's History I'm Month, sorry. too. I, I can <laughs> no, still use that for, for four more days, or three more Actually, like, one more at the time that we're releasing this. I was going to say, by the time we're releasing this. So, <laughs> I am Ryan, one of your hosts of the Cinema Talk I'm, podcast. I'm Brendan. And I'm Matthew. I'm Logan. And uh, we're back here today with another DCEU review. Um, obviously, um, right now, the outstanding circumstances with the coronavirus allowed us to review this movie earlier than we thought we were going to be able to. Uh, we Thanks missed for it sending in it to... Yeah. Thanks for sending exactly. it we to Exactly, we were theaters. Uh, we went quarterzies on the purchase on Amazon Prime, and we all got the uh, the digital copy of this film and watched it. So, uh, watched it early. So, uh, yeah, we're here talking about Birds of Prey. Uh, you guys want to talk uh, about if there's any background you have with the DCEU um, that we've covered in our other podcast? You want to talk about fan of it, not a fan of it? How are you feeling about the state of it? How are you feeling about this movie going into it? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been, a, like, a pretty big, you know, fanboy of DC for a long time. Just because I, like, obviously grew up with, like, all the characters and stuff. I actually probably grew up, uh, I think I probably said this, more with DC characters than uh, with Marvel characters. Uh, and, honestly, the DC, like, cinematic universe has just been such utter crap for the most part that it's kind of driven me away from those characters i'm not gonna lie i mean there are still like different capacities where i really you know love a lot of those characters like um like obviously with comics but also with like uh the batman animated series has always had a like special place in my heart um and then all of the batman arkham games that have come out for various consoles uh, i've played all of them and i love all of them uh but i you know i i obviously have like some history with these characters so uh you know seeing them on screen uh is uh you know a different and it, it was a different experience so but we'll get into what i thought of the actual movie later um yeah uh like brendan said uh previous dceu movies have been kind of garbage uh and i didn't really grow up with the dc uh so there was no connection to it so i've always been pretty critical of their films uh, but that being said i was looking forward to this movie um after the garbage that was suicide squad even throughout <laughs> that garbage uh one of the things we praised was margot robbie in that movie um I, I did think she was very good so i was excited to see her get her own movie um and, and one in which it was directed and written by a woman, so I was hoping it would right some of the, the wrongs of Suicide Squad, of which there were, were many. Um, so yeah, from the trailers, I was uh, definitely definitely drawn to this. Um, if anything, it looked a lot different than the other DC movies, which was something that excited me. Just visually, uh, it was rated R, it was going to be just the action from the trailer. Everything looked different, which I was excited for, because I have recently just been getting very tired of the same old, same old superhero concept. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I totally agree with Brendan. Um, I've I've always felt much more connected to um, the 
DC characters, DC storylines, just always found that they're so much better than Marvel. And when it comes to movies, that's just entirely flipped. And it's uh, it's mind-boggling that, that DC really hasn't been able to make... I mean, they, they've made some really good movies, in, in my opinion. They've made some really bad ones. But, you know, they, they haven't been able to have that same success that... Uh, that, that Marvel has had with basically all, the, all, of, all of their movies uh, in the MCU. But it, it really seems like DC is sort of finding their way a little bit more. They're, you know, they're not trying to have everything be so, like, strictly in-universe, and, and they're trying to branch out a little bit. Like you said, Matt, like, they're doing some, doing some new stuff, like Rated R, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a different tone. So, um, I mean, obviously I was really optimistic uh, going into this movie, just seeing what they would do. Uh, when they're doing something different. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a decent, uh, decently mixed history with the, uh, DCEU. Like you guys, I've always been drawn to DC a little more than Marvel in terms of their characters. Bat, uh, not bat. Yeah. Batman is my favorite, uh, superhero. So he, I always love those stories. And I guess this is technically a Batman ad- adjacent film, um, with the Harley Quinn character, but yeah, it's been super hit or miss for me. Uh, I love wonder woman, I'm very excited for now, later this summer in August, when we're getting Wonder Woman 84. Uh, Very excited for that film. Uh, Yeah, I like Shazam. I love the direction they're going in now, making these different kind of movies. I hated Aquaman, but I I really enjoyed Shazam. I really loved Joker. We'll talk about this film. Um, But yeah, they've been hit or miss. But for me, uh, going into this film, I was nervous because of the continuation of the Harley Quinn character, which I actually hated in Suicide Squad. Um, I think is. I thought Margot Robbie was terrible in that film. If you remember back from our Suicide Squad podcast, um, which I pulled a I pulled a Logan from last week. I didn't actually go back and rewatch Suicide Squad. I just listened to our podcast, mm. um, and most of my opinions still hold. I mean, I haven't rewatched it, but I I did not like her character. I did not like her performance, but I didn't necessarily blame her. Um, so going in this film, uh, I thought the trailer looked really good. And uh, I was I was quite excited for it actually once especially once the reviews came out and I saw that it was getting really good reviews I was I was very excited to go and see this film. All right, I guess we'll go into the plot summary and we'll get started on talking about this movie. Sometime after the Enchantress's defeat, the Joker breaks up with Harley Quinn, throwing her out on the streets of Gotham City. She is taken in by Doc, and the elderly owner of a Taiwanese restaurant, and recovers from her relationship by cutting her hair, adopting a spotted hyena whom she names after Bruce Wayne, and takes up roller derbying. Hence our cold open. One night, Harley gets drunk at a nightclub owned by gangster Roman Sionis. Sionis? 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 Sionis. Sionis. I thought it was Sionis. But... Whatever. Tomato, <laughs> tomato. And cripples Roman's tomato, driver tomato, after... Tomato, <laughs> He insults her. Uh, she then mis- uh, meets burlesque singer Diane... Uh, Dina Lance, sorry. Dina. Who later rescues an intoxicated Harley from an attempted abduction. Spotting the scuffle from his bedroom, Roman is impressed by Dina's skills and appoints her as his Dina. new driver. The next night... It's Diana? Dina. Dina. Dina? Oh, it's Dina? Okay, my bad. Dina. Um, uh, the next night, Harley blows up the Ace Chemicals plant, where she pledged herself to the Joker years prior as a way to publicly announce their breakup. Meanwhile, GCPD detective Renee Montoya investigates a series of mob killings carried out by crossbow-wielding vigilante. Finding Harley's necklace at the scene of the Ace Chemicals explosion, Montoya notes that Harley is in danger without uh, without the Joker's protection. She approaches 
Dina, 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 about <laughs> being an informant on Roman for uh, for them, but Dina rejects the offer. This is going to end up being a Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot type situation. I'm just going to completely keep saying it wrong over and over again and just think I'm saying it right and still saying it wrong. Roman says Dyn- sends Dinah and uh, his sadistic right-hand man, Victor Zaz, to retrieve a diamond embedded with the account numbers to the fortune of the Bertinelli crime family who were massacred years ago. Young pickpocket Cassandra Cascane steals the diamond from Zaz and swallows it when she is arrested. Harley fleeing from Montoya and several other people she had wronged in her past is captured by Roman's men. Zaz informs Roman that Cassandra has the diamond and Dinah warns Montoya about the situation. As Roman tortures Harley and prepares to have her killed, she offers to recover the diamond for him. Roman agrees, but also places a bounty on Cass to shake up the competition. Breaking into the GCPD with a variety of firework-inspired non-lethal grenade launcher rounds, Harley uh, frees Cassandra and the pair escape to the evidence warehouse. They are ambushed by a number of thugs, but manage to kill them all. After escaping from the evidence uh, warehouse, Harley and Cassandra bond while hiding at out at the former's apartment. Doc is approached by, uh, Doc is approached for information by the crossbow killer, who is revealed to be Helena Bertinelli. Having survived her family's massacre and becoming trained as an assassin, Helena has been, uh, targeting each of the gangsters responsible for her family's murders, preferring the moniker of the Huntress. Quinn's apartment is later bombed by criminals looking for Cass, and Doc sorrowfully reveals that he betrayed Harley, selling her out for money. Harley calls Roman and offers to turn Cassandra over in exchange for his protection, agreeing to meet at an abandoned amusement park, mostly one of the Joker's former hideouts. Dinah notifies Montoya of the rendezvous, while Zaz notices Dinah's treacherous text message en route to the park and informs Roman. Devastated by Dinah's betrayal, Roman dons his ritualistic mask, from which he gets his villainous nickname, Black Mask. At the park, Montoya confronts Harley, but Harley knocks her out of a window. Zaz arrives and tranquilizes Harley before holding Dinah at gunpoint, but he is killed by Helena, who reveals Zaz was the last of her family's killers. Montoya returns, and and a standoff ensues, until they realize Roman has arrived with a small army of mass criminals known collectively as the False Face Society, which I didn't... Was that named in the film? No idea. Okay. Using Quinn's old gear, the makeshift team successfully withstand and repel their attack. During the battle, Cass is captured by Roman, while Dinah reveals her metahuman ability of supersonic level screaming, defeating an additional number of mobsters in line with Roman. Harley gives chase on roller skates, and with the assistance from Helena, the pair pursue Roman. At a nearby pier, the final confrontation occurs. Taking aim at a shadowy figure in the distance, she reveals she believes to be Roman. Harley wastes her last bullet as Roman appears from behind the figure, which is revealed to be a statue. Roman holds Cassandra hostage and... Blah, 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 blah. It's too long. I'm starting to lose my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> losing your tongue. Uh, okay. trying to escape. <laughs> it's running away. Roman, Welcome it, to the it, Cinema Talk podcast. <laughs> if you haven't listened to this before, this is about right. Uh, all right, let's get back into it. <laughs> Roman holds Cassandra hostage and prepares to kill her. However, Cassandra pulls a, pulls a ring from a gr- grenade she had taken from Harley's weapons chest earlier, slipping the grenade into Roman's jacket. Harley throws Roman from the pier just before the grenade detonates and kills him. In the aftermath of destroying Roman's criminal empire, Montoya quits the GCPD. With the money within the accounts hidden inside the diamond, she joins Dinah and Helena in establishing a team of vigilantes, the Birds of Prey. Harley and Cassandra escape, selling the diamond itself at, to a pawn shop and starting their own contract killing business. Really? I didn't get that. That's what they were doing. In a post-credits audio scene, oh, I didn't know this, Harley is 
about to reveal a secret about Batman, <laughs> but the film ends mid-sentence. I didn't miss that. You didn't I look? That. I did you not know it? that. I, I did not I look for a post-credit scene. Um, but yeah, I think I did pretty good on that one until my tongue just gave out. <laughs> it was okay, yeah. yeah. Nope. I think yeah, you like, said, I feel I like at this point, part of this anymore. Yeah, at this I, point, my tongue is just like a muscle that I'm like working out eventually. It just like, just gives out and I'm just like, ah. Yeah, I think you might have said vincilantes at one point, which is pretty good, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> vincilantes? Not bad. I feel like that's not my worst mistake. No, it's not your worst. The Far from it, actually. school. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst. Don't I should say also that was from uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. Gotta cite those uh, so sources. Gotta cite my sources. I'm a good college student. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's 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 talk about this movie in a in a more broad sense. What were your guys' first opinions of the film? How how do you overall you feel about this film? Uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, this is like I. <sighs> I, I have, like, there's so much with this movie that is, like, great, but there's also, it definitely has, like, rough patches and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, it didn't really seem like it had much of a direction at first, um, where it was, like, not like the director was bad, but, like, it, like, it couldn't really decide where it was going for a while because it kept, like, time jumping back and forth, which I guess made sense. But I also think it would have just made sense if it had been, like, done in a linear fashion. So I I feel like that's kind of one of the big weird things about this movie for me. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I thought this movie was fine. Like Brendan, I thought it had some, some, some really fun parts, uh. But for the most, there wasn't any, there wasn't anything uh, too blatantly horrible for me. But it was just, I don't know, it was overall fine. I found it to be like Suicide Squad, just a little bit overindulgent at times, you know, with some of the, some of the sound effects and the special effects, and and like Brendan was talking about the flashbacks and the jumping around in time, um, some of that got to be a too much for me, and also. Um, and also Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn. It, it's different than it was in Suicide Squad. And in some ways, it's better. And, and it grew on me as the film went on. Uh, but I thought that that was also a little bit over the top. And especially in the beginning, I just thought that her, the very, like, uh, uh, ditzy, all over the place personality, just I found it to be a little bit grating in the beginning. Although it, it did grow on me. Uh, but yeah, I would say it was a fine movie. I thought there were... Some of the action scenes I thought were fantastic, and that was kind of what was holding it up for me. Yeah, uh, for me, so I, I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, I, I like watching it. There are, I'd say my main complaints are just, there are going to be a few moments that are just really kind of jarring, and uh, for me, just totally like took me out of the film. Um, but I do have to give credit to uh, the director, uh, because she actually went to my college um, oh, really? actually had this, this woman has like a really interesting story. Um, she did like public policy, um, and then like went to business school and then was just like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to like direct movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so huh. yeah, really, really cool. Uh, cool person. Kathy Yan, I think is the name. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like I said, overall really enjoyable, but I do have some issues. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of all in unison here that like this this movie is That's a, first. A, a fun watch, and I we were all pretty much in unison last week going back and editing. I'm like, oh, we all had edit uh, ratings in the B range, mm. um, so we're we're just simpatico right now. Um, but yeah, this movie's fun. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, it's one of the better ones in the DCEU. But I have very specific complaints also as well. Um, that that we can get into now. Um, but yeah, let's start off, you know, I'll, I'm going to start off with something that's both a positive and a negative and a positive all mixed in a stew. <laughs> all uh, three. This opening animated, it's a positive and then it's a negative and then it's a positive and that's a negative. And then it all, you know, it's just, a, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a thing. Um, sure. But <laughs> this opening animated bit, um, I really like it as a backstory and um, it gets us to another issue though that um they sneak in there that harley quinn's by which is cool but it felt like another one of those hollywood sneaks in a you know lgbtq character and doesn't actually like like wrestle with that at all like doesn't actually make that part of the plot they just it, they show real quickly that she had an ex-girlfriend in the animated yep. bit and it's poison and then oh, oh really, really? Yeah, uh, was it, that was that supposed to be Ivy in that bit? Yeah, so I didn't notice it uh, either. But if, if you don't know the part we're talking about, there's like a slot machine kind of thing that's going, and Harley Quinn is saying like, "Yeah, I got my heart broken a bunch of times," and um, uh, it shows like <clears throat> three people. It shows two men, and then it shows a woman. And I actually didn't realize this the first time either. But um, apparently, this is like the exact same design as uh, Poison Ivy in the animated series. Hmm. Oh, very cool. I thought it looked similar, but I didn't know timeline, like uh, timeline, timeline, uh, timeline wise, if that would have made sense. Because when, like, I know in some of like the source material, when Harley and Ivy get together is after she breaks up with the Joker. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like nothing really here is a direct translation from the comics, which is another thing I like, which, which we'll get into. Uh, it right. seems to kind of walk the line of of not getting too far away from its comic roots, but not doing too literal an interpretation either. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yes, Floyd, I can see what you're saying. Even though that moment didn't really, I, I didn't like pick up on it that much that it, that it was a woman. Um, it, I, I'm surprised they didn't bring that up at all um, later in the movie. Cause I thought that it seemed like the type of film that would with, you know, how it is being different from other DC movies. Yeah. Mm. Especially with other LGBTQ characters in the film. Yeah, it, they yeah, definitely could have. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I saw that. and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, God damn it! How many times is Hollywood going to do this with a lead protagonist? Like, imply it and then never actually commit to it. Uh, it just, it, it just frustrated me. But uh, that's also coming from a straight man. So what am I saying? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, no. That opening bit overall, I thought was really entertaining. It was a fun way to catch us up without having to like actually show too many flashbacks from suicide squad which is always a positive it's also a, it's also a very clever way to work around having to show the joker in live action like <laughs> they just show yeah. him as a cartoon and i think i think it works really really well um especially like harley quinn was her first appearance was on the uh, was on the animated series so like Mm-hmm. This is a nice way to kind of bring that back. Like she was never supposed to be a real world character. She was always supposed to be this this uh, animated like over the top. Uh, uh, not animated is that in that she can never be live action, but that the character is very animated and uh, 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 exciting. 
Yeah. I didn't know that she was never supposed to be. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just like kind of in her origin. Like that's where she started. Yeah. Yeah. See, those are the kind of things that I love having you on this podcast for, because I would have never picked that up myself. I never would have known that. And that's a really awesome callback that I, yeah, I I like that a lot. That brings me to one of my questions is that, as I said previously, one of my problems with the movie was that, and you can see it from the start of the movie is that I just felt like her character was a little bit too ditzy and I found it to be grating. And I was wondering like this compared to Suicide Squad, what is more accurate comic book wise? I sort of tried to block out Suicide (laughs) Suicide Squad from my memory. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Brendan? I mean, it depends like what variation of harley you're looking at because if you're going back to like the animated series she's not like i don't know because for the most part when a lot of the times when you see harley in like source material like that she is with the joker but in both of these movies we see her without the joker so it makes me think of more like um like in the the newer stuff when she's kind of doing solo like you know solo work um or some of the things where she's been voiced by tara strong recently i feel like she was kind of a lot like i keep seeing ads for the stuff where kaylee uh cuoco from big bang theory is is playing her on like this new animated series mm-hmm. and it looks like it sucks and i kind of don't want to watch it ever but and i, I kaylee I, cuoco is playing harley quinn yeah she's voicing her on a new animated series on like dc's streaming network or whatever i always forget about that streaming network <laughs> I know because is nobody anyone, has. Does it. anyone subscribe to it? Like, no. how is it still alive? No. I had a subscription for a little while, and uh, You're the didn't problem. really do much with it. But I, I had a little while and then canceled it. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, no, yeah. The, apparently, the series is just called Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like it sucks. Okay, that. So. Logan, I want to go back to a point that you made, that this animated opening is a really interesting way to get around having the Joker in live action, which we should probably mention why the Joker isn't here in live action. They broke up, a.k.a. Warner fired Jared Leto, rightfully so. Jared Leto Leto is on his island pretending to be Jesus. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, So how did you guys feel about this film just completely omitting the Joker character. Do you think it was fine? Do you think we missed out a little bit on having that breakup scene? How do you guys think, like, story-wise, that this lines up that she's just automatically now not with the Joker? Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think it's smart. I think for a movie that is supposed to be about uh, her emancipation, I I don't think that it would have made that much sense to, uh, to, you know, have the Joker really be a big part of this. Plus, like, it's just a matter of, like, they would have had to recast them. Like, are they going to use Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in this movie? Like, <laughs> can you imagine Can you imagine how he would fit into this movie? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's the right call uh, not to have him in it, but, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I agree, Logan. And I love even that, even when she gets thrown out of the house, it's not even by Joker. Um, it's just by, like, mm-hmm. a... a, a you know, a henchman or something, which I like just the focus is completely on Harley the entire time. And I definitely think it would have distracted if they, if they had a scene with Joker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I would have enjoyed a breakup scene, but I do agree with you. I think it it fits with this film's thesis and the the whole thing of the film to not have him there. And also on top of that, just like, thank God we didn't have to see Jared Leto growl (laughs) into a camera again. (laughs) 
So now he's off doing Morbius, doing weird vampire bat stuff. So that's fun. Ugh. That sounds um, like it suits which, him. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I feel like he really actually fits with Morbius more. Oh, than... he's a bat. I hope no one tries to yeah. eat him. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> topical joke. Topical jokes. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No, but as soon as, basically right after this animated bit, we get introduced to um, one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite actors uh, working today, Ewan McGregor as um, mm-hmm. as Black Mask, a.k.a. Roman Sionis. Um, I think he is probably um, one of the most... Um, surprising elements of this film for me. I didn't know what his character was going to be, and when he came on screen the first time, I instantly fell in love with this character. I love Ewan McGregor's performance, and I love this character. Now, can we talk about this? Uh, is Roman Sionis in a relationship with Victor Zaz in this movie? It's mm. Yes, that was I had that written down, absolutely. Time. It's definitely hinted at, and I mean, Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis just exudes this, like, older queen energy where he's just kind of, like, has his collection of, like, fine things from various countries and, like, wears fancy clothes and has his, like, his, like, you know, like, younger streetwise boyfriend to keep him from getting upset, and I, like, I kind of live for it. Um, oh, they're absolutely yeah. having sex. I have a I have a note later in the film. Literally says Roman and Zaz are fucking right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's this weird thing that like, to be honest, Floyd. Like, I'm familiar with the character of the the Black Mask, but coming into it, I didn't really know what to expect either. And the thing is that that I I feel like the thing that this movie does really well is that it's not. Uh, uh, it's not trying to use any kind of, like, huge DC uh, property. Like, first of all, this storyline is not, uh, I mean, it's not, like, a DC classic comic book storyline or anything like that. And I'm really glad for that, because aside from, like, some arcs, like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, Civil War. Civil War for, for Marvel. That was a comic book, a really, really popular comic book uh, that... I think deserves to be put onto the big screen, but there aren't many that are like that. And so I'm glad that they, they did something original and using the character of Roman Sionis is such a smart move because here's the thing. If they change Sionis, uh, from how he was in the comics, no one's going to get butthurt about that. If they like mess up like the Joker, like they did with Jared Leto, uh, or like mess up other characters. Like if, if they, if they like mess up Batman, like people are going to be, furious about that when you mess up the black mask no one gets mad because he's just not as big uh uh of like a property for them so i think it's really important that uh he's a lesser known property but that ewan mcgregor does such a great job of making the character his own and yeah totally absolutely love this character i think he's really really fun to watch um yeah yeah, I love yeah. the ending of this film, but it does make me a little sad that we're never going to see Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis again. Yeah, maybe in a backstory or something. Maybe they'll maybe. throw him in and, yeah. Yeah, for me, he wasn't really a standout. I don't know, like a lot of this movie, I just thought it was fine. I don't know, I, I just, I, I get, I mean, this is, I haven't, you know, had any uh, knowledge of him before with the comic book, so this is just me basing it purely on, on the movie, but, um, I don't know, I just, I get kind of tired of the whole, like, 
uh, crazy villain thing. It's like the, ooh, I'll kill the person, then I'll, like, giggle, and I'll, like, do a little, like, kick, and, like, a little skip in my step afterwards, and, like, the weird hand movements, and I'm, like, a weird person. I don't know. I just, I just get tired of it sometimes. I, I know that's, like, a, that's, like, a comic book super villain thing, but it just, I don't know. I just get tired of it, man. <laughs> I got a totally I Personally, disagree. I feel like this was, this was fresh. This yeah. felt really fresh mm. and new to me, and especially, maybe it's because it's Ewan McGregor, you know, it's Obi-Wan, it's uh, Dan Torrance, you know, these these characters that are, you know, very idealistic characters that I'm used to seeing him play. And then he goes into this movie and he's just completely off the walls. I feel like he probably improved a lot of his lines. At least it kind of felt that way. He does weird shit. He's like, look at these shrunken heads. Isn't that cool? I don't know. It's just fun. I like it. It's fun. And then he <laughs> just yeah, the that one was like dressing. See, I just yeah. I it loved just it. Like... I thought it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, this the... is so- this is something that I've like never seen before. I don't I don't really know. Like like I'm not I'm not like tired of this character trope because I don't really think that he uses any character tropes. I found it to be very fresh, very uh, uh, innovative take, not just on this character but on like villains in general. And I think McGregor absolutely knocks it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was just all those the weird things you were talking about. Were I mean things that I've definitely seen before in a villain. You know, oh, I, I you know I'm a weird collector of things. Oh, I'm a weird guy. I'm gonna like throw the pillows at the person. I don't know. It just I mean it certainly wasn't bad. It was just it wasn't a standout for me. Um, I think the standout for me is uh, one of the female characters that we'll get into later. But yeah. Okay, I was like I was about to brace for. All right, we're gonna have this discussion like, now. Who's the best out no, of I'll of hold out. I'll hold out. Um, <laughs> who's the best out of the birds of prey? No, but yeah, I, 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 I have I a totally very specific answer that. for that though. Um, you, but no, yeah, let's. Yeah, you were so, telling me earlier. So we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. Well, let's let's set up the plot. Uh, so uh, she's in Roman's club. She's getting drunk. She's looking like she's having a good time. One of my favorite moments in the film is when she's uh, just going crazy, dancing on the pole, having a fun time, and then the driver is being an asshole to her, and she just jumps and just destroys his legs. That sets the tone Uh, for the entire movie. It really does. Right away. Right away tells you it's going to be a rated R movie. It's going to be, you know, which is the first DCEU movie to be rated R. Like, Joker was R, Mm -hmm. but that's not a DCEU movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. First R-rated DCEU movie shows you right off the gate, sets the tone, like what you were saying, Logan. I love it. No, yeah, it's just, it's right off the bat, it's disgusting, it's brutal, and it's just a lot of fun. Funny, too, at the same time. Yeah, Really comedic effect. This film is very, it's grimy, you know what I mean? Um, And it took me a bit to get used to that, but I think I kind of... I think I kind of, I came to enjoy it at the end, and what I liked about it was that they weren't afraid to make Harley Quinn this very, uh, just like at times unlikable and just like kind of gross character. Which after this movie ended, I went and just rewatched scenes from Suicide Squad, and I was struck at just how different the portrayal of Harley Quinn is. Because in this movie, I mean, the scene where she's drunk, like the makeup is like all messed up, and she's like running around, and the camera's blurry, but. Even in the first movie, even though they try to make her in Suicide Squad very crazy, the makeup is always, you know, very pristine, always well done, and she's always, like, fairly put together. Um, She just comes across as, like, kind of, like, quirky in Suicide Squad. But in here, she's, like, a mess, which I liked. In, like, in Suicide Squad, I mean, we talked about this before, but the whole thing is written by men. It was, like, created by men. So, like, she was super over-sexualized and, like, made as this, like... I mean, you, like, look at all of the marketing shit, like, she's just, like, made to be this, like, sex symbol for the movie, and that was, like, really the only role that she served, 
Um, but in this movie, she like she seems more like a person and less just like a model that they kind of put there. Uh, not unlike their villain in Super Su- uh, in Suicide Squad. Um, but you know, literally she seems a model. literally a model that tried to act. Um, however, uh, Harley Quinn just seems like, I mean, she she is still a bad person. We're the bad guys. <laughs> uh, no. Ew. But she, I um, didn't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but she, like, she is still, like, she's a bad person, but she has more, like, of, like, a really interesting personality. And, like, I wanted to know more about, like, her character, and it made me more invested, I would say. Thank you, Kathy Ann. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, one small point I want to jump off with you, Brennan, is, like, I feel like a lot of that also came from Margot Robbie's, like, persona in Hollywood, which I feel like everyone, everyone in society collectively took the wrong things out of the wolf of wall street yes like they just took all the the like really cocaine fueled fun parts to be like oh that's what the movie's about and not the last 45 minutes um which is really is like oh no that all that stuff's bad that's the bad stuff you're not supposed to enjoy that stuff and from there because she was super sexualized in that film you give that actress to david Ayer and you know just all these corporate men which I'm not, I don't, I don't want to shit on David Ayer too much and say that this was all his fault. I'm sure that it was a studio-mandated type thing. Um, and you're going to get that kind of thing. But this time, when they realize that, that oh, that was a mistake, give it to Kathy Ann, give it to a female writer, have this be a very just all-around female-centric film, it feels much more real and authentic. This yeah. is also something that I want to talk about later. Um, I think it's interesting to look at this movie... Um, not quite as an antithesis to Joker, but certainly as an antithesis to what people thought or what some people thought that Joker was like, like how Brendan talked about kind of in our Joker episode, the Rick and Morty effect of like the piece of art itself is fine. And then people just make it into being something completely, uh, not what it's supposed to be. Um, like Joker and Harley's relationship. Well, yeah, and, like, just Joker, the movie in general. And there's a specific moment later where it really feels like this movie is trying to tell you, like, no... It's like DC saying, like, no, you're not supposed to uh, uh, identify with the things that that the Joker represents in some regard. Like, this wasn't what we were trying to say. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that when we get there. I was just thinking about how how Ryan said that there were supposed to be uh, in Suicide Squad... Uh, studio mandated ass shots which i i I, i'd hate to be in that board meeting yeah an ass quota an ass quota (laughs) we have to fill our ass quota (laughs) had to use the word fill there yeah yeah really (laughs) yeah uh what i what i really like about what dc is doing is like they 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 started trying to be marvel right they started trying to be marvel with batman v superman justice league all these shitty movies that they made that Sorry, I know Logan. I know you like it. Sorry, I don't want a blanket statement that I think they're shitty movies. Yeah, I, I um, like I like some parts of some of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now they've kind of they shifted. They they've put it into second gear. They're giving these movies to interesting directors like Todd Phillips, Kathy Ann, Patty Jenkins, and they're making weird movies. Like even though I hated Aquaman, like that's a weird movie. Um, yeah, it's a weird movie. And I think I think they're they're better doing these small things, giving different projects to different people. Um, I would love to see them give, you know, more to different people, uh, just to kind of even spread around more. Like, you know, Joker was very Joker. Uh, we had that conversation about whether or not that's an incel movie. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, we're giving it these subgroups, you know, 
um, that, that, you know, it's, it's not being dominated by straight white males anymore. And I think that's what DC is now doing better than Marvel. For sure. Uh, even though Marvel, Marvel's doing good too. Um, we'll see if we ever see Black Widow, if that movie ever gets released. It, let's, let's see if we ever leave the rooms that we're sitting in right now. Um, True. Great question. We, we, we will at some point. I'm sure we will. Let's see if the human Someday. race survives until the release of Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure like a year and a half from now we go back and listen to these and like, oh, those were those were weird times. Did that happen? Dark this times. is all going to feel like a fever dream. This is all going to feel like a fever dream. Yeah, we're, we're either going to be like, oh my god, we were so overreacting, or we're going to be like, wow, we had no idea what was coming. Like, yeah, we're like, oh, you thought that this was going to be over in the you middle of You thought this April. was the yeah, worst of it. <laughs> Just sidebar, like, we can leave this in or not. I'm, like, getting really scared that this is going to end up being, like, a seasonal thing. Like, every year it's going to happen. So, oh, like, no. I'm just nervous. I'm just really nervous that, like, it's going to come around next year and it's going to happen again. We're going to have to leave college and come home. So and, we're going like, to have hunker a, down. a coronavirus season? Like, we, do, yeah, like, literally. we have a season? Yeah, no, I've literally, so I've really thought yeah. about this. Like, what if this is, like, the new dystopia and it just happens that, like, every year when we get to, mm-hmm. like, every school year when we get to spring break, we just go home and don't come back. Like, what if that's just the new yeah. normal, finish out the year online? Oh my god. I would hate that. The thing is though, they'll find a vaccine. They'll be able to find a vaccine within the next few years. So this is not going to be a long-term thing, but yeah. Brendan, if we can't graduate, if we can't walk a graduation, I'm going to be pissed. I would be so sad. (laughs) Some people are having their graduation on Roblox, and that makes me... (laughs) There's no way that's that's real. It's on Twitter, so... take. It's it's on Twitter, so it must be real. So it must be true. Oh God, we got. Re- I'm sorry, we- I got us really off topic. Yeah, we That's we my fault. we got real there. But I mean, you know, this is what introverts like me have been pl- planning for our entire life. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know if that's going to stay in the episode or not, but you know, it was. Uh, we- I need to have the conversation again. Um, depends on Floyd's mood when he's editing. It really depends on my mood when I'm editing this. <laughs> so much depends on my my mood. Um, let's see, where was I? I? I can put it. Let's we'll put in a little thing, just like, hey, folks. Uh, sorry that we took the last like three minutes to talk about the coronavirus. Now back to uh, yeah. to Birds of Prey. Exactly. Um. So yeah, we we got the that set up with Harley Quinn. She's she's sad. She's drunk. She's now making these cards. Dog Walker slash Mercenary, which is cute. Um. And we start to get these small little scenes where uh, people are coming after her after she blows up this chemical plant to say that her and Joker have broken up, which is a really cool scene. Such a fun um, scene. Yeah. Really fun scene of her blowing that up. But then I want to talk about like the way this film is structured now. Yeah. Um so we start to get these these scenes where random people are showing up and it's kind of throwing everything off in her life and kind of making it feel weird that way. Um which is cool on itself, but I wanted to talk to you guys. The first time I saw this I was sleepy. Um <laughs> and I couldn't follow it very well. And this past time I was able to follow it a lot better, but I still feel like the structure of this film is very confusing and if you ask me to put the first 45 minutes in chronological order i'm not sure i could do it nope it's it's really weird which is something that i was talking about and i was like i get that it's supposed to be like oh harley's scatterbrained and she's retelling the story so like she's not really like she's like forget she's leaving things out and she has to go back and re-explain it but i'm like okay but that doesn't make for a good movie (laughs) so like (laughs) Can we put that aside for a minute and just like figure out 
what is going to make this movie better rather than trying to go for theming. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Go it, ahead, man. It, it was definitely confusing. And, and there were moments where I was like, I don't know when this was taking place. <laughs> but for me, it, it, it honestly didn't detract from the film that much. The moments where I was confused, I was like, eh. Alright, like, I think, and it wasn't like by the end of the movie I had several pressing questions that weren't answered. Um, it, it kind of felt like, you know, the stuff I the stuff I couldn't quite piece together perfectly wasn't all too, too important for the entire film. So it wasn't too bad for me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about it until now, but yeah, I probably also could not place uh, yeah. <laughs> some events of this movie in order. Like, I know everything that happened, but yeah, as for the order, I mean... I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Like, it's pretty much just... she. Basically, the structure is she goes with her plot until she needs to explain something. And then she goes back in time a little bit. She needs to explain something else. She goes back in time. But, like, every time she goes back in time, it's kind of to uh, explain things about different characters, different plot lines that are going on. So, I don't really think the order there matters as much because it's just kind of, like... She's just she just sort of describes like different characters' paths to get to the point where they all converge, and then once they do all converge, it is like full steam ahead, really fun last like I don't even know like last forty five minutes maybe. Yeah, I think just what's really confusing for me is that it goes like it sets up the first opening scene with like her breaking the legs and stuff, then it then it goes forward a little bit. And then it jumps forward further to where she's breaking into the police station. And then it jumps even further back beyond from where we started and then works our way back to where she was then. And then it goes forward. I think it's just like that that forward jump all the way back forward is kind of just like it was really just to the point where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know where we are. Like, I thought we were away from this location that we're back to this location. It was just kind of like just freaked me out a little bit just in my brain where it's just like I can't follow this completely especially when before the flashback all the way to the beginning to explain everything when uh Canary was talking to Montoya I was just like wait, wait how do they know each other like where did that come did this from happen? Yeah, it's um and then they explain it which is which is fine but I was just like so confused on first view and I was like wait they did not set up that these two people know each other at all yeah crazy Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, like, it's kind of weird, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I guess that I'm, I'm going to chalk that up as a negative for the film, that my stupid man brain couldn't follow it. Um, but maybe other people didn't have that problem. You know, we're, you know, we're only four four people. Um, but I guess let's talk about, you know, in this, this middle section of the beginning is where all of our characters are introduced. We get introduced to Renee Montoya, uh, Dinah, what was her last name? Lance. Uh, Dinah Lance. And um, Cass Kane, who I just, cl- like, accidentally had my cursor sit on her name on Wikipedia, and she's Batgirl? Yeah, yeah. she's Batgirl. I, I did I not was going to bring up comic book stuff later yeah, yeah. for Logan so and she, I to have she's comic a book Batgirl. time. She is oh, one okay. of the Batgirls. Yeah. She's... Uh, directly after Barbara Gordon, I believe. I don't know. I mean, DC Comics have like rebooted so much that it's kind of pointless to uh, kind of like try to keep track of actually like the order of everything and the, the successions and everything. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Cassandra Kane is a bad girl, which I think this is a great way to kind of introduce her. Uh, I think that's the really family. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, part of a part of the Bat family. Yeah, 
Which, who knows, maybe we'll get more Bat Family in the future. Maybe we will. Maybe we are getting a Batman movie for sure, uh, Batman trilogy for sure. So maybe they'll work it in somehow. Yeah, and like again, if if they're not trying to make this all like one like strictly cohesive uh, unit, then I mean, like, do we know when the Batman is going to be set? Like, we don't even know that the Batman is set in the DCEU. Right. So yeah, I mean, but like it could be, which is in the future a little bit. Like Cass Kane could be grown up a a bit. I don't know. we just we yeah, just don't know, I, but this more fluid kind of like it's still a universe, but they're not trying to make it like a movie series, kind of like how Marvel did. Like it's it's still connected, so they can use Cassandra Kane, they can use um, the other three Birds of Prey, and yeah, I don't know. It, we'll we'll see how they use it, but I think it opens up a lot more possibilities this way. Yes, because like Wonder Woman, this is this is still in the same timeline as Wonder Woman, it's still in the same timeline as a seemingly the Suicide Squad, which is coming out what next year. That may or may not oh, happen God, with the yeah. whole coronavirus thing. Um, we'll see. That's that did finish shooting, um, so maybe that'll come out on time. Um, but you know, it, it's still in that timeline. We don't Joker's in its own little bubble. We don't know what's happening with the Batman. It's just like I feel like this series might end up being like the X Men, where. We have no idea what the timeline is, but hey, they're good movies. Um, yeah, but, but so, the thing honestly, with I'm X-Men, okay with that. the thing with X-Men is that they jump all over the place and they still act like it is important that they're all tied together. <laughs> what DC is doing Somehow. is they're, they're jumping all over the place, but it's not really like necessary that uh, all of these movies are in the same universe. Like it's cool, but it's not as tied together as the X-Men movies. Like, with X-Men, like, you pretty much have to have seen all of them to to understand stuff. Like, yeah, and then there's the addition of, like, they're jumping around to doing crazy shit with time travel and, and the timeline. And I think what DC is doing is far superior to that. Okay, so to get back to it, um, as I was saying about the characters, so Dina Lance is the singer Dino. in, uh, in his club. Get introduced to her really... Uh, fun scene. Montoya's the police officer, cast as the little girl, and then we have this mystery crossbow killer um, yes. who turns out to be the Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ramona uh, Flowers! So... Ugh! Made me so happy. Exactly. So, uh, so let's talk about these uh, Let's talk about these characters. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Montoya, for me, was the standout. I absolutely loved her character. Um, I was not familiar with this actress before. I don't know if you guys have seen her in anything, but I, I hadn't. Um... But I thought that she was great as this very grizzled, um, uh, this grizzled cop who had worked a long time uh, as a police officer and had been screwed over many, many times, as the story tells us. But is still, you know, very devoted to work. Her work. I liked the joke that you know a lot of her lines were very cheesy and seemed like they were from a movie. And then towards the end of the movie, once we find out that she's doing crime fighting of her own, like I, I thought that was great. I loved her absolutely. I liked that uh, her ex was Ali Wong. That made me that made me laugh. Yeah, Ali Wong is Montoya's ex, which I don't know why Ali Wong was here for two scenes. I don't. Kind of feels know. weird to me. I, maybe she was just like, I want to be in a superhero movie, and found out they were doing that. Maybe she was promised a bigger role in the sequel. I don't know. That's possible. I mean, she's the DA, so like Harvey Dent, Two Face. Maybe. Is she the DA? I thought she was the assistant to the DA or something. Right, she's the assistant. She's, yeah. she's the assistant to the DA. 
is Harvey Dent Two Face at this point? Is she gonna be like? Oh, is she gonna play a bigger oh, role if Two Face ever comes in? That's super interesting, sure, and I totally, sense. yeah, I totally didn't think about that at all. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see her in maybe some some kind of sequel. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Just yeah, uh, so uh, Two Face is cool, cool villain. Yeah, I, I, while we're talking about who our favorite is, before we get into who we don't like. Uh, my favorite of this group has to be, uh, Huntress. I love Huntress. I think she's a lot of fun. Uh, there was a lot of talk around this film when it came out that she might be on the spectrum, which is, um, I think would be really cool. I mean, there's nothing in the film one way or the other about that, but I could see where they're coming, people are coming from with that. And I think that's really cool. Which spectrum? Um, I love her character, uh, the autistic spectrum. Oh, I wasn't sure if you meant gender or sexuality or what. The electromagnetic spectrum. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. uh, Yes, exactly. (laughs) The electromagnetic Um, spectrum. (laughs) No, but she's yeah, on it somewhere. Mention, like, she... That's fair. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> um, we didn't talk about it, but Montoya's gay with Ali Wong's character. Um, she, uh, Huntress could be on the on the autistic spectrum. I think it's just like a really um, fun, you know, fun might be the wrong word. <laughs> it's a really uh, good mix of different um, diversity in this film. And yeah, how do you guys feel about the Huntress character? Uh, I really I like love Huntress. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like she's one of the more like of these characters i was like kind of surprised that they were including her i guess but i was kind of happy that they were um and i i didn't know actually that it was uh mary elizabeth winstead going in and obviously love her love scott pilgrim uh she's you know i one of my first movie crushes uh was ramona flowers so Mm. kind of kind of fun to see her in a in a film like this again but yeah um, i agree i i'm really torn between her and uh between her and black canary being my favorite just because you know yeah yeah i, I agree with you there did you want to say anything logan about huntress uh yeah i mean i really don't know my favorite nor my least favorite um but yeah i love i mean it's kind of a more a little bit more like real world um kind of realistic take of like yeah of course she's not gonna be like the perfect like action hero who has these zingers all the time like she's practicing (laughs) in the mirror uh you know saying they call me the huntress like other uh, like other heroes i bet probably do that um (laughs) in in this universe but it's just that we get to see her do it um which is really cool i like it it's kind of kind of like taking a step back and like you know not everyone is perfect and she's trying really hard to um to be this to be like kind of the the hero or the anti-hero more so that she wants to be and uh she really does it and it's great like i love um i love how much like the the group of the birds of prey really supports her and it's like wow you're awesome like it's just it's great to watch you know I love her character. She's so entertaining. And I do also want to talk about, I love Canary in this film. I think she's really great. She's awesome. Jernay um, Smollett-Bell, I believe is, uh, Jernay, yeah, Jernay Smollett-Bell yeah, her, is the actress's her, name. Her brother is a piece of shit. I was going to say, it is that Smollett. Yes, it is that Complete, Smollett. utter um, piece of scum, but yeah. Yes, but she wow. is great. Yeah. Nothing that says nothing about her. Um, if that. you don't know, we're talking. Her brother is Jesse Smollett, who I'm sure you can Google and see what he did. He faked uh, a hate um, crime. Get it. Hey. Yeah um so if you yeah but i think she's great i think the character is really great i think she's a lot of fun she she is probably the most i don't know she feels the most real world to me um she just feels like a real person more than any of the other uh 
characters in this film, and I, I like her a lot. Um, a- along with Harley, I, I I did not like Harley Quinn in the first in the Suicide Squad film. Didn't like Harley Quinn. Didn't like Margot Robbie's character. But I have to say, I really really like Margot Robbie in this film. I think it was maybe yeah. just different script, different right or different writer, different director, just a whole different vibe, and she was able to excel in this film. And I don't know. I don't know if I can put my finger on exactly what it is that I like so much more about Harley in this film than I did in Suicide Squad, but I, I think it's a complete 180 of the character while still staying in the same vein. Yeah, I, I said this earlier, but I, I did think that Margot Robbie was, I don't know, especially in the beginning, I thought it was just, I thought that, like that she kind of like overplayed the whole, uh, you know, ditzy, crazy, I don't know, I thought it was just too much. And maybe that was amplified by... Um, a lot of uh, like the cinematography, and it was like, oh, I have an idea. Let's pop up light bulbs on the screen. It's like, okay, like we get it, okay. Like <laughs> it was just like a bit too, much, a little too overindulgent for me in the beginning. Um, yeah, that that's th- yeah. Sorry, that's what I. I did like that aesthetic though. I I actually disagree. I like that things popping up. It felt more chaotic. It felt more energetic, and I really? I, I, okay. yeah, I disagree. I like that. I really liked the uh, like the name and grievance thing that they kept doing. Like I, I did like. Yeah, that. it was good. It it reminded me of the thing that they did in Suicide Squad, where they would have like you know the the name, the uh, the like kind of villain alter ego, like a bunch of like list of characteristics, which was, I would say one of the good parts, uh, one of the weird parts, cause they didn't use it for everyone. And I think they used it on some people twice. So that was kind of strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds very suicide squad. Effect. Right. Just like completely fucking the dog on, on the, on the <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what? editing, you know, the phrase screwed the pooch. Uh, they fucked yeah, the dog. I do. <laughs> um, okay. With the editing on that one, that's, but that's staying in. No, that's staying. Yeah, in. no, that can stay in. We cut nothing. Um, they fucked the dog on nothing. this one. They fucked the dog. No, they completely fucking fucked the dog on that one. Um, uh, <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, I mean, but th- that was something that was fun, it, but I wanted to go back to black canary because there are a couple things I want to talk about here with this character. Um, one is I love the interpretation of Dinah Lance as an African American woman. Yeah. I feel a little weird about what it does to the nickname Black Canary. Yeah, I mean, well, Black Panther character, right? Like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, right. it is Black a little Goliath. weird. Oh, right, I, <laughs> it is a little weird. Black Adam, uh, Black Lightning. Shazam. Uh, it is a little weird to me that her sister is uh, White Canary. <laughs> then. Um, which it just, it makes a weird for a weird contrast. But I mean, obviously, uh, if you've watched any of like the CW shows, you know that they're both white women, uh, who play, uh, both black canary and white canary, uh, in Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. So yeah, that's, that's weird. But did they ever call her black canary in the film though? Um, I thought they just called her canary. No. Yeah. They call her black canary. Yeah. They do. Yeah. But, um, uh, shit what was i gonna say damn it i have something to happen say to me I, me too <laughs> yeah go for it matt uh yeah um related to black canary um one, one part of the movie that i thought they didn't really uh do a good job expanding on or touching on which is kind of like what Flo was talking about with how we're going to show this one piece of uh lgbtq you know representation then just leave it like that was in the scene where black canary is talking to montoya and she kind of hints about why would i why would i help you and she talks about uh um like some grievances she's had with the police department in the past 
but it wasn't really something they ever touched on later on in the movie, and I was confused as to then why she started helping Montoya and working with her. I felt like that, you know, I, I didn't see that in her character at all later down the movie. I didn't know if you guys had thoughts on that. Yeah, that's true. That could have used a little bit of a wrap-up later, I guess. Um, but an interesting thing that I drew from this scene is that uh, Montoya said that Canary has the same power her mother had, and her mother mm-hmm. helped the the GCPD. So was her mother, did her mother also have like these supersonic powers? Like is, is Dinah like the next generation? Is that what we're supposed to get from this? Cause that was another thing that they really just touched on and then left it alone. And I was like, wait, no, talk more about how she's like a legacy superhero. Like, what does this mean? Is, is, yeah, no, I kind of, I, I didn't need more explanation than that. I just kind of took it like, Oh, okay. She got her, her power inherited from her mother. And then we move on. I, I, I didn't really need, more explanation for that personally i did a cursory google search just to look it up uh to see if i was missing someone uh and all it comes up for black canary mother is dina laurel lance which says uh i don't know her mother uh yeah it says uh dina laurel lance was born into a uh, family of crime fighters her father larry lance was a police officer while her mother also named dina was the original black canary which interesting i didn't I didn't know, but I guess this well, is on New Earth. I don't know, but well, but because in the in the CW verse, uh, uh, Black Canary is Dinah Laura Lance. Yeah. So I guess, I guess, is but this, this one daughter? is just Dinah. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. But you know, whatever. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that it, was just. I I don't think there's a direct relation between anything in the CW or this character and any kind of comic character, but. You know, I, I would have liked to kind of find out more about this. And maybe someday we'll get, like, a Justice Society kind of, like, retro movie. That would be sort of interesting. I don't know. It seems like they're just, they're opening up a lot of doors. They're letting themselves make whatever the hell kind of movies they want, doing different genres, doing different things. And it's great. I just, I keep coming back to that idea, and I'm saying it a lot. But I think it's important that that's where DC is headed. Wow. No, yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I think that it's... It... It, it leaves open-ended questions that they can answer later or not answer later. Like you, you have the opportunity to, but it doesn't make the movie lesser. I don't think in my opinion to not have it. Yeah. You don't um, have to, but I do want to talk about something that it seems like Matt's going to disagree with me with, with, um, not seems like he's going to disagree with me with. I actually hated the Montoya character. She was like nails Ooh. on a chalkboard to me and I really? wanted to turn it off every time she was on screen. Dang. Oh my goodness. I loved her. What was it about her that you didn't I like? know. I, I think the things that you liked about her made her, like, nails on a chalkboard to me. Like, the overacting by Rosie Perez, who I actually I haven't seen before. Even though she's been in a lot, I've just never crossed her path before. Um, wasn't a fan of her performance. Really hated the way they wrote her as an action, or like an 80s cop show stereotype. Maybe just because I don't like those shows. That it just, it, yes. it grated on me. Her character grated on me. She just, every interaction she had, she was just so annoying and I wanted her to go away. See, that was Harley Quinn for a lot of the beginning of the movie for me. For okay. a, a majority of the scenes in the beginning, I was like, I, I this is really annoying. Like, this is, this is not, like, drawing me in at all. Interesting. Okay. I think it's interesting because, like, Harley is, like, especially if at the with the fight scene at the end, you see, like, Harley is the only one like not taking it seriously, um, which I guess is in her character because she's crazy or whatever. Um, but like she's crazy. She's crazy. 
with the jazz hands you gotta say it with while doing jazz hands over our audio medium uh but like like you watch like huntress and canary uh like shooting all of these people and like trying to like make her stay serious and she's just kind of like i have a bat (laughs) that's it (laughs) yeah logan what were your thoughts on uh on montoya be a be a little bit of a tiebreaker for us here um yeah, I mean, I didn't love I I didn't love the acting. Um I thought it was pretty good though. I I didn't mind uh the like 80s cop kind of thing because again, like they're calling themselves out for it. Uh they know that they're being a little over the top, but god, this whole movie is over the top. That's the like that's the whole point kind of. Um what I think is interesting uh is that Renee Montoya uh in the comics has an alter ego that's The Question. Um, oh yeah. And it's first, uh, she's not the original question. There's another question before her, uh, named Vic Sage, I think. Um, and he's like, he's the question. Yeah. Vic Sage. Be- before Until her. 2011. Oh, wow. So yeah. Wow. So she's kind of like his, uh, protege in that sense. So if we do get a retro movie with Black Canary's mother, we can put, uh, Vic Sage as the question in that just saying. Uh, interesting have... is the question like the riddler's enemy <laughs> the riddler and the question <laughs> riddler and the question um no he's like i don't even know i think he's kind of like an anti-hero sort of along the same vein as huh? as montoya in this movie i'm really not totally um sure about his backstory but um, it's saying that he's yeah. somehow related to zaz but i'm confused about how oh. they're related interesting interesting uh, yeah I, I do want to move forward and talk about the person who f- uh propels the plot uh in a different direction than we would have thought at first which is Cass Kane uh we didn't really talk about her too much I I'm more mixed on this ki- this actor and this character I think there's times where she's really cute and really fun and does some really fun stuff and then there's other times that she just kind of annoys so she just in that weird age range where sometimes she's acting super adult and sometimes she's acting like a little kid and I just kind of want her to pick which which her character is yeah um but but that that would be my only complaint there are, are times where I did really like her character though. yeah I mean I didn't really jive with her acting performance but there are very few child actors that I'm like wow that, that was, was a wow, great, great performance great one. You know, so I'm kind of willing to give it a little bit of a pass on this one, but, and she, she also didn't have to do too much acting wise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, like didn't love the performance, but it wasn't too, too egregious for me. I agree. agree. It was fine. It was, it was whatever. There were just some moments when I was like, all right, yeah, this acting is whatever, but she's, she's a child actor. So I don't really know what we expected yeah it, it like i said it wasn't something that like complete it didn't in no way derailed the film for me that was montoya montoya derailed the film for me Whoa. um but yeah no montoya is my main complaint with this film i yeah, really wow. really dislike her character um but no i think kane kane's fine she didn't she didn't irk me too much i didn't love her too much she was kind of just a neutral thing for me so three and a half out of five for the for the for the birds of prey for me. I think three of them are really good. One's a non-factor and then I dislike one. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to touch on with the, the birds of prey themselves and then we can move on with the plot? I just love the fact that they're not like, first of all, it's an all female team, which is like, okay, already that's great. You know, we're getting somewhere like 
Um, you know, the Avengers, you have one woman there. Um, two, if you count Scarlet Witch. Two, yeah. Uh, well, Three, if the, you count the original, Captain Marvel. The original yeah. movie. No, the original no, 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 yeah. I mean, in, in Endgame, there are a ton of women, and they make sure that you know that by shoving it way the fuck down shoving your it down your throat <laughs> in a very heavy-handed very cool but very heavy-handed moment um yep. this movie does that i think in a much more natural way uh and then also you know basically only having two white women in uh harley quinn although harley quinn is is to be fair super pale so uh, <laughs> yeah. she did fall in a vat of acid so. she did so give her a pass on that one um no yeah and then to have you know to have some some mixed uh, women, some you know maybe maybe Huntress is uh, on the autism spectrum. That would be a very interesting layer. But yeah, I just like I love when they're kind of it's getting ready and putting all their like getting all their weapons and stuff when they're in the funhouse and just it's so cool to see this this amount of of representation. Like we have a long way to go in film. Um, is, Mary, in, is Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, a POC? I don't no. don't believe so, no. No. Okay. I don't see any way she would be. She seems kind of white as hell to me. <laughs> I don't Nothing know. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I really don't think so. I would, yeah, I doubt it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, email us at twistedmugmedia.gmail.com if you have the answer to this, but yeah. I, I don't yeah, think. I think she's just a white girl. Yeah. And then her family <laughs> lived in Utah, so... So that's about it's probably a Mormon. What is it? It's probably, probably no. But yes, Logan, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I like that it does not do it, even though this movie does not is is very uh, obvious and very blatant. Like it does not shy away from the fact that all these characters are women, and like we're gonna make sure you know that, and we're gonna talk about you know how misogynistic uh, Ewan McGregor's character is and the sexism sexism in the workforce. It didn't feel uh, the same. Shove it down your throat, like the all-female leading the fight thing in in uh endgame which which you are infinity war or whatever which you touched on oh oh yeah yeah i'm not yeah no yeah and, and one scene that while you mentioned mcgregor's uh god i lost the word misogyny 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 thank you god it's <laughs> late um it's like the misogyny of the mcgregor character um the scene that really stood out to me was the scene where in the flashback, he's talking to the guy who eventually cuts off his face, which we haven't talked about that at all yet, um, which is gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, the snot bubble thing. The snot bubble thing. Was so yeah, that whole scene. Really disgusting. I loved it. It's such a vile hate, vile and, like, hateable performance, and I love it. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, cut it off. Cut it off. Just, like, that That line performance was like, I was like, oh, God, that sucks, but that's really good line delivery. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, what I was getting to is like, um, he's having that meeting with that guy in the flashback who eventually he kills. And then, uh, the girl across the way laughs and he force like this very horrible scene where he forces her to strip almost half naked and dance on the table. There's no music playing. But what I think is really great about it is that it does, it, it doesn't show her, you know, it's, it's not about her. It's about how horrible this person is that is making this happen. Yeah. And I feel like. Any other film, not any other film, but a lot of other films, even just five years ago, still would have shown you uh, the, you know, the female body. But this this film is like, no, it's pointing the camera at the Harvey Weinstein type of character. Yeah, if this were know, directed by David Ayer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or by You're a corporate. It, board, it does yeah. not, it doesn't satisfy uh, what audiences are, are typically 
uh, used to, which is a focus on, uh, you know, the abuse or the assault or whatever is going on with the woman. It doesn't satisfy that sexist appetite. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely enjoyed that, yeah. The male gaze uh, is... <laughs> No, but uh, in all honesty, I, I agree. Let's talk about Laura Mulvey. With you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that like the fact that this is an all-female writing team and the like that they are really trying to like capture that, even with a character who might be gay, for all we know. Um, you know, I, I think... Probably gay. Probably gay. That's... I, I probably mean, gay. I, I would actually... I think it's heavily implied. Yeah, I think I it would was, make it I was gonna I was going to ask that, actually, but like... But then I was like, but he's like making these, like making this woman like strip on the table. Like what's his, I don't know. It seems to be just, I think just like, to embarrass her. I think, yeah. yeah just more, of a, her. more of a power thing, less of a sex thing. That yeah. would make yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't really me. think it's a sex thing. It doesn't seem like a sex thing from the way that he's reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Like. He's reacting more to having the power in his hands. Yeah, he's like, I can do this. And like, I can yeah. force your boyfriend to cut the dress off of you. Yeah, like, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, you know, he's he could be bi. There are certain things in this movie where he's definitely making sexual advances at women, too. You know, I mean, I'm not going to get too roped up into Roman sexuality, but... Sure. But, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think that I think it's one of the, the best examples of this being a departure from what we're used to in a good way um but also getting back to i I do want to talk about one other scene that i know that matt you said that you had a small problem with but i love the comedy in this scene uh when he is sitting at the desk or sitting at the table with zaz in the morning he's you know eating his egg and stuff and he's like who is this crossbow killer i mean i like crossbows why don't i have the crossbow killer like i just i love that that is the scene for me where it's like that's that's what I like about Roman. Yeah. That's the that's the scene that I would point to. That'd be like I think he's funny in that scene. He's off the walls. He's crazy. He still wants to murder people. Like all, it's like kind of all the Roman character wrapped in one. And I think that was probably my favorite scene with Roman. He's like kind of childish in a way. Like mm-hmm. and like especially later when he's like throwing the pillows around and he's like oh fucking fucks like that. He's, <laughs> he gets really like angry in like a childish way and then he i mean he's also like super menacing like as as the black mask like it's mm-hmm. i mean he's a really scary character but at the same time he's like having temper tantrums basically really really interesting yeah, I think that's definitely on purpose oh yeah yeah i love it it's just it's such a fresh character like i don't i don't know i don't know that i've ever seen this before you know? yeah. And also at the same time, still making a commentary on those type of characters. Like, like, no, these people that are doing these horrible things to women, they're they're children. Yeah, they're, they're literally immature. Like they're yeah. And yeah. So if I you do that to women, you're gonna get blown up with a grenade. True. Hopefully. Also speaking, or <laughs> or just go to jail for twenty three years and get the coronavirus. Get fucked, Harvey Weinstein. Get absolutely <laughs> fucked. Oh my absolutely. god. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Oh, so much. Um, there's so much catharsis there. I know. I know, gets right? sent to prison for life, fucking gets the coronavirus. You're going to fucking die in prison, you absolute stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Makes me there so was happy. there was a tweet, uh, uh, like a quote tweet on the th- the like headline that Harvey virus, Har- Harvey hybrid virus, Harvey Weinstein <laughs> Harvey- has a coronavirus. And it said, <laughs> it said, uh, it said the, the quote tweet with that on it, it says, you have two wishes left. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was I want to play good. Animal Crossing all the time. You have one wish left. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. like it, but, uh, it rules that he's gonna die in prison oh my god i know it's great anyway um, uh 
so going along with this, like kind of the themes of like, of like violence against women and stuff. I want to talk about the scene where Harley is like clearly intoxicated, like basically like unconscious, um, like clearly not thinking straight. And there's this guy who's like, uh, he's like trying to kiss her and stuff like right outside of the, outside of the club. And then he tries to like throw her in the truck and Canary comes and helps her out. I think this is such an interesting way to portray like sexual assault that I haven't really ever seen uh, on screen before. Like it's a very like, yeah, like just because she's not saying no doesn't mean she's consenting. Like that seems to kind of be the thesis of this. And also then once Canary like makes that decision, like we see her like kind of struggling. Is she going to help Harley? Is she not? And then once she makes the decision, it's also this strong theme of like women helping women, like looking out for each other. I absolutely love this scene. What do you guys think? I totally agree. I think it's a really strong, like, uh, implication of just like women helping women. And the fact that she literally kicks the one dude's head through, uh, a window yeah, it's great. To, to help her out. I think it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I love, I love this scene. I think it's, it, it's the first we haven't really gotten into it. Uh, this, the prison water fight scene, the warehouse scene, the final scene, all the action in this film is really, really well done. And then to be able to also have the message tie into it, I think it's one of the strengths of this film. Where you have this exciting action scene, but it's also this avert, averted sexual assault, averted, you know, you know, women helping women type thing that I think it, it that, that's what this film does well. It mixes in these themes into a fun action scene. Totally. And I think a yeah. strong sense of theme isn't something that we've really gotten before in DC. For sure. Yeah, yeah no, yes, I, I absolutely sure. agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, And one other scene that I want to point out before we get to the whole uh, Cassandra Kane eating the diamond thing, <laughs> we can accelerate towards the ending. I love i actually forgot about this is probably this is probably my favorite scene in the film the way it's edited everything the musical sequence when she gets kidnapped by very Roman. strange no i love oh, it it's perfect it's perfect i love it see for me this scene felt so out of place and random because the only Agreed. thing that, uh, oh you know, wait the only thing that's oh. wait the only thing that spurs I, are you talking was... about the diamonds are a girl's best friend Yes. Yes, oh where she's singing and she has the dancers. I love it. It's beautiful, but it's very it's very out of place. I agree with you, Matt. It's yeah. it's just well, like see, that's that's what I thought. I absolutely because the only thing that spurs that is that Roman is like, okay, I need you to get like well no, Harley says I can get the diamond for you, you don't kill me, right? It, and then and he it just hits felt... her. she gets hit, she gets loopy. Okay, yes. But it just it felt so strange. I felt like that was something like you I don't know, place in the credits. Like it was great, you know, so well shot. It was something from the trailer that looked cool, but it just was so random. There. This part I is think... in my opinion, this part is absolutely terrible. This is like one of my main complaints in the movie, this one scene. Because who the fuck mm. thought of putting like this BDSM themed trap remix of a Marilyn Monroe song that's just like it's loosely word associated with the dialogue that just happened. Like what? What on earth exactly. is going on? It's it makes no sense in the movie. I completely hate it. Yes. Yeah, I think that part of it is like um <laughs> she like has a very brief glimpse because Roman is um dancing with her. Uh and so I think it's kind of like her thinking about like do I want like that protection again from like a, from a man who like is abusing me right now? Um, 
but like it like flickers out you know and and it like leaves her mind and she's like really done with with doing stuff like that for now maybe it's just me seeing like oh aesthetic things i like i like that maybe that's what it was for me i didn't really think about how it fit in the film too Floyd well, loves like, bdsm honestly uh <laughs> is a big... i don't know no i just <laughs> yeah go it's not what i meant but oh uh, okay oh um, that, that we don't keep shame here. a little that's true. um no we don't we don't kick shame here at all Whatever you um want but no do. i just feel like i think just the aesthetic of it the way it was shot it just it felt really cool the audio the sound mixing was really cool i really liked it and i think it fits with margot Ro- or with harley quinn's character just being like erotic or erratic not erotic erratic, erratic not erotic <laughs> both honestly all right David both, honestly but yeah i mean both fit in there it's both erotic and erratic um but yeah so I just wanted to mention that scene because I like that scene. Erection. But, um, I'm glad, but I'm glad go, you did because I wanted to shit on it. It's easily my least favorite part of the movie. It's fair. What's in, what I'm finding really interesting so far is that like I seem to have a very different experience of the film than you guys. Like I am loving the things you're hating and I'm hating the things you're loving. <laughs> I'll tell you weird. one thing that I, I did kind of think was cheesy and dumb was the whole bit with the fucking egg sandwich. It made me want to yeah. eat an egg sandwich. And I did eat an egg sandwich after I watched the movie. Yes, so did I. Um, so did I. I was looks... literally like, I want an egg sandwich so bad right now. But I was just like, this is so, like, I feel like they weren't, like, taking her seriously at all. Or, like, they were trying to, like, make us not take her seriously. And I was like, why? It just yes. looks Okay, this so is my problem. Good. When he puts the when he puts the slices of cheese on that jiggle factor, Ugh. the jiggle factor. No, is no. Just... <laughs> uh, no, but this this is one of my problems with Harley Quinn in this movie. That in Suicide Squad, I liked the Margot Robbie's portrayal because she was she was um, crazy, a little bit out there. Um, but she, I also like sensed that she was like very dangerous and and that she was like a very good fighter. And I always sensed like. Some sort of uh, darkness in her past with her Despite portrayal of her. Despite being a ninety-pound girl with a bat. Yes, I, I think that this movie, especially with the freaking egg sandwich thing, just takes it like so far in the other direction, and it was just like stupid for me. And yes, the jiggle factor was an A plus. And mm-hmm. yes, I did pause the movie to get up and make myself an egg sandwich, <laughs> but I thought it was way too much. <laughs> I thought ending the movie with you know hair taking the bite and everything was just ridiculous. I do kind of agree with you here, and I know that the explanation is that like. Oh, well, she's, like, over the top. Like, she's telling the story how she wants it. This is, like, this is how she dramatizes it kind of in her head. But, yeah, I I do sort of agree with you that, um, like, these moments, it sort of takes you out of it. And, like, even at the end, uh, when she's, like, looking into the camera and she winks, like, it's just a little bit too far for me. I get that, you know, in the, like kind of this whole story is basically like in harley quinn's diegesis and this is how she likes to uh put it to put the story together in her mind she wants to dramatize this egg sandwich which does again look incredible um she wants to dramatize as much as possible but yeah i know what you mean it even though you know that it's kind of the way this is the way that her mind works and there is an explanation for it it's still kind of weird when they actually use that and put it into effect within the movie i just like a lot of the things that also threw me off was her just like relationship with uh with cassandra just in that like 
she says like they've known each other for like an hour maybe probably like a little bit more than that and together they have gone uh broken her out of gcpd robbed a grocery store and then gone home and she's like call me crazy but i like having the kid around and i was like you've known her for like maybe two hours at this point and then she's like i made her my apprentice and i was like all right i just i don't even like i don't know what the implications of that are like because i don't I don't, is there a connection? I, I'm blanking. Uh, Logan, maybe you can help me out. Is there a connection between Harley Quinn and, and her um, in the comics at all? Speaking mm. of which, Harley Quinn isn't even in the Birds of Prey in the comics. No, she's She not. literally never appeared with the Birds of Prey until this movie was released. Yeah. Um, which is which, very, very strange. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Like, they, they wanted to no. do a new story. I'm glad they're not just rehashing old storylines. Uh but, There's Nightwing. He hangs out with the Birds of Prey sometimes. Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to see a live action Nightwing uh, film. That would Nightwing. Be badass. Nightwing is amazing. Um. Literally one of my favorite superheroes. But yeah. No. Like to to answer the question, I don't think that there's really any kind of connection uh, between the two. But again, I just love this like kind of using the comics as like a a starting point and taking the characters. From the comics, and then, you know, from there, do whatever you want with them. Um, Fair yeah. enough. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I No, I agree with that. I think it's it's this type of thing where, like, use it as a guide. You don't have to stick word for word, you know, this character is always with this, these other characters. I think I like that they're mixing it up with the DC, that they don't necessarily have to do that. There's, there's one scene that I want to talk about before we get to the climax, because I do want to talk about the climax. I, I love, love the, the warehouse climax. action scene. Um, specifically, I love the cocaine power-up moment. I think that's probably the hardest laugh I've had in, in a movie this year. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, and I love this action scene. And there's actually behind-the-scenes uh, that Margot Robbie did basically all of her own stunts. I've seen um, that. These it's action it's really cool. Really, really cool. And it adds an authenticity to the action. I think that is really great. Yeah. Um, like the slide I, shot? Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. the, the first thing is the... Um, it's first just like in the in the cell with the sprinklers going right mm. and then and it's this is a cool action scene and i hated the music choice i thought it was oh, terrible i didn't i don't know i can't even like remember what was it was it hit right me now. with your best shot was that no that's later that and it's also horrible but that was bad yeah they also did <laughs> they also did barracuda in the funhouse which i was like all right you've included two songs from guitar hero 3 now and so <laughs> i will say i am pacified yeah. at this point i i don't think i knew any of the songs. well i knew i knew diamonds and i hated that sequence and i knew um hit me with your best shot in the weird like dramatic like that that part yeah. was really really stupid um, but yeah, overall, I really didn't like the music in this movie. Uh, it's just really? kind of we- like nothing really felt like it belonged very much. I mean, I guess some things did, but yeah, especially the scene with the sprinklers. Uh, I just wonder like, why would you do that? But yes, totally agree. The warehouse scene, I think is probably like the best, maybe the best action scene. Although I love when she's in the police station, uh, with all of the like, non-lethal explosives yeah it's fun um that's just a lot of fun like when she has the pink and the blue clouds and she walks through it it's great that's a lot of fun um but yeah this warehouse scene contains like probably my second favorite moment um where she 
bashes the guy's knee in. His his leg goes backwards. She oh, bashes the guy's other so knee. Mean. It goes backwards. And then she bashes it the right way again. It's It's like, this is like operatic level violence right here. And there are times in this sequence and in other fight sequences where like, when I was watching this in the theater, like, I... I laughed because of like how just completely over the top violent and fun it was. It's just, yeah, I mean, so, so crazy, but I mean, you know, that's what happens when you do Coke, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. And then you go rob a grocery store. (laughs) Yeah. As I was watching that, her bashing the guys in the end, I was like, Oh, I I know Floyd is not going to like this, (laughs) Mm -mm. but no, that's that's what I liked about these fight scenes is that they were inventive, you know. It, it was were. it wasn't just you know Batman punching Superman or vice versa Into for buildings. like ten minutes. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, <laughs> it it was it was okay. She's walking down the cell. We've established that all these prisoners have grievances against her. Oh no! Now there's the stakes are high when the doors are open. Or oh, she's like got this cocaine power up, and now she's going crazy. It always felt like there was a reason for the action. Yeah, I think that like yeah, I agree. With that, and then especially with the Funhouse fight, which I know we haven't gotten to oh, yet, but so um, just the inventiveness like of the fights and the way that like they're using the sets around them rather than just being like, here is a fight inside of a Funhouse where like everything like they use the slides and then like the different bouncy things that they're on and like they're whacking people with like the big hands that are coming up. Yeah, I did think it was weird that the Funhouse was called the booby trap, but you know whatever. I guess Feminism. I did. I also, <laughs> I also thought it was cool that um, that we got to see Museum Mile, which is something that uh, you know Gotham, Gotham staple. Um, yeah. Uh, that and Founders Pier, which I I thought were both pretty cool nods to the whole like, of the like OG Gotham City and all of the Batman stuff. Yeah, and of course, like the importance of uh, the kind of last scene, like it all sort of culminates on Founders Pier. That's really mm-hmm. important because, I mean, they don't say it outright, but you know that the founders of Gotham were just a bunch of white dudes. Yep. And oh, yeah. Sure. so yeah. I feel like it's just so important that that's where this movie ends up. And it's like, and, and she literally like blows up, uh, the patriarchy there. Yeah. 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 Smash that patriarchy. Smash that fucking patriarchy. Hell yeah. So I know that we want to we want to keep this going. Yeah, uh, so let's rolling. let's get to the climax. Um, the fun house. I'll actually disagree with you. I think the fun house is my favorite action scene in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Besides, like you know, the power up scene, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's hilarious. But the just overall action scene, I love the fun house act. Fun house action scene. Um, the scene leading up to it, where she straps the kid to the toilet and then everything <laughs> goes down. That's a great. There's a great set of and Zaz set dies. of scenes, and then the. And Zaz, uh, Zaz dies finally. Uh, he was a piece of good shit. Good old Zazzy. So he finally dies. Yeah. Uh, good old Zazzy. Um, but no, yeah. How'd you guys, what'd you guys feel about this fun house scene? I thought the action scene was, was really, really fun. Yeah. I've spoken I, my piece. I can't imagine how much fun the set designers and fight choreographers had fun, oh, had, had with this. Like, I mean, first of all, like, I think it makes sense that this would kind of have a big scene in a fun house. Like, this is you know, Harley Quinn's, uh, Harley Quinn's ground here. And, uh, I think, I think this is like a, maybe, uh, some kind of fortress that Harley Quinn and Joker had maybe together. Yeah. And now she's like claiming it as her own. I think it's really cool. Um, like Harley's Funhouse type thing. Yeah. Really fun scene. It also contains 
pro- I think what's my favorite moment moment in the whole movie, which is the hair tie. Oh, I do. I love that. That's it's great. like oh, it, you didn't love the the sh- the when did that bitch have time to do a shoe change moment? That's good better. too. Yeah, that was great that's too. Good. But yeah, like the hair tie is like uh, we already talked about that moment in Endgame where it's this it's this big uh, last climactic fight and uh, Captain Marvel is backed up by like a bunch of women and they're like, yeah, we can do this by ourselves and. That was cool, but it was also super heavy-handed, and this is just, yeah, it's such a subtle way, and they don't dwell on it, they don't, like, dwell on the moment, they just, like, Canary's having some trouble with her hair, it's going all over the place, it makes sense, she has a lot of hair, and Tarly just, like, offers her a hair tie. It's this succinct moment that just says so much, and it's so cool to watch, I love, I love this moment, it is perfect. Yeah, I loved watching all the characters interact while fighting everyone because it was everyone's individual capabilities were on display while also interacting with the ever-changing environment and this person's trying to keep Cass safe and this person is helping this person out and this person's overpowering this person. It was lovely to watch. A feast for the eyes. It's also think... just like like coming off of, not coming directly off of, but like the the uh, Batman v Superman, like that movie is about two good guys fighting each other for the entire time for some reason (laughs) for some reason and this one is like all all of these women are entirely different like they all have totally different motives but like when they're in the the like upstairs of the funhouse harley's like yeah we all have motive to work together right now and then they fucking do and it's incredible that's great and i also think it's cool that um that's really uh, during this fight is the only time we really see Canary use her power, um, mm-hmm. which okay. I mean, and it does knock her out. I think it's much more impactful, though, to like kind of have it a little bit referenced earlier in the movie. But like the fact that she's not just like scream blasting literally everyone that like comes at her and that she's like actually able to fight without just relying on her one power. I um, agree. I think it is. It's more impactful that she only uses it once at the very end. And I but think the most really, un, really the most unrealistic part of this movie is that uh, earlier when she's at the bar, uh, she is smoking a cigarette. There's no way she can sing that well if she smokes. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be me, true. For me, the, the scream blast moment took me out of it a bit. I know it's probably like in the comics, but but it when is. she did that and then like Harley just gets like propelled and all the enemies like boom like fly away from the blast, I was like, okay, that's that's really goofy and silly. What? <laughs> Which I guess might have been the point, but I just thought it was really stupid and it took me right out of it. Like when when there were no other elements like that in the rest of the movie, you know, it's a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there were no other. Someone's flying. Someone's having these sort of like otherworldly powers i guess that's other than true. like guns and hammers and bats it, you know? it is set up very early on you know but yeah I, it, it just I it wasn't something i was expecting at all yeah yeah but also yeah the, the fun house scene has a lot of action we go outside we have that canary blast and then she goes on her rollerblades and we have a really fun action scene on the street uh i love it i think it sets up the ending really well it's it's super high paced um yeah, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this this chase scene? It's a pretty good chase oh, scene. I liked Huntress fantastic. helping out on her motorcycle. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that they brought back the whip me from the roller derby. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. I, wow, I didn't even pick up on that. That's uh, cool. I, I thought it was funny when Huntress did that and then immediately just crashed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. 
Uh, but she I, was like, "Are you sure?" And she was like, "Yeah." And then she's like, "All right, wait." I guess she. I guess it was. It had to be that way so that Harley. She couldn't follow Harley into the fight after that. With like yeah, the final I, fight on the pier with Sionis. True. Yeah. No. This this scene had so much energy. Um, I loved her struggling on top of the car and hitting the different people, and you know, and, and it wasn't just she'd like smack the one guy out of the car and he'd fly out immediately it was like she would smack him he would be like stunned for a couple seconds she would deal with this guy then she would come back to him in another inventive way like it felt very like video game-ish in that sense which i liked a lot yeah 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 and then we get to the uh the climax on the pier which i think is a really fun scene i think it's a little over reliance on cgi it felt like this wasn't a real set it felt like this was all just a green screen which is a complaint that i have a few times on this where i'm like i don't know why they're not just using sets here but that's whatever um but i do think it's a lot of fun how they kill roman it's it's kind of out of nowhere it's kind of a little too quick for me it's just like oh okay that was it yeah a little Um, bit but also at the same time it kind of shows just like yeah he's a punk bitch you know yeah so i kind of like that too so how, how do you guys feel about this ending scene really clever i think yeah yeah i, I totally I, agree I, I love that they just blow him to shreds. Uh, that, yeah. I thought that was... I, I liked kind of how anticlimactic it was. It was like, oh, okay, he, he's dead now. Yeah, and again... I, I liked the whole cast as a grenade. Yeah, that was fun. Again, just like so cathartic to watch. Like, you know? Um, yeah. I And I like the too that they set up before. Like, it's not just that Cass is suddenly on, in this last scene. Now she's amazing and, and she can use like sleight of hand and pl- plant this grenade on the guy. But... It was set up earlier with like the handcuff stuff. It it all kind of comes back, you know. Nothing is really just out of nowhere. Agreed. Yeah, it, it it did feel out of nowhere for me. It was oh. set up, but like when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I oh. guess there 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 would um, be. But is there anything else with the birds of prey that you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? Not with the birds. Well, so oh, I didn't yeah. actually. Yeah, go ahead, man. I was gonna say at the very end when they, when they say that because the bird the birds of prey are not formed till the end of the movie and it's Montoya, Huntress and Black Canary and I, I didn't know that I always assumed that maybe at the end everyone would come together everyone be would be a bird of prey but Harley Quinn is not one of those and I liked how at the very end when they're kind of have this moment of unity at the restaurant. Um, Harley just runs away and steals the car because it was uh, like I was kind of worried that they were going to end it on this note that was different from what they had established that Har- as Harley Quinn's character. But I like how they were like, yep, you know, she's still like going to steal stuff and not going to completely uh, follow uh, the guidelines, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, I wanted to talk for a little bit about Sionis as uh, the villain and especially this uh the scene where he's he's rallying his army and like the men of gotham speech um sure and just like men of gotham men of gotham like it's so ominous and like so uh, sleazy and vile and like i feel like this is this is kind of dc's chance to say this is what i was talking about before this is dc's chance to say uh no, like if you're interpreting, if you're interpreting Joker as like an incel, like movie, like a movie for incels, like this is not, uh, like you're wrong, you're wrong. And this is, this is pretty much saying like, here's what you are, you know, with the whole like men of Gotham thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just like extreme misogyny. Yeah. I, what did you guys think about this? Because when I the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, that's like a very strong method or uh, message. Just using the phrase like men of Gotham. Yeah, it's a call out. I mean, to just be like, men, <laughs> like this is why you're <laughs> shit. Uh, men ain't shit. Uh, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. No, yeah, and especially because they were so, like, Simon's character was so misogynistic in the first place. And then having this scene where it's literally a call to arms for men to beat up women, it just really puts that nail on the head where it's like, oh, no, these are the villain, like, the capital V villains. Yeah, I definitely, I, I read it as not necessarily, like, DC saying, I didn't really read it as, the, you know, them speaking on Joker or those other films. I read it more just, like, a very personal statement uh, from Kathy Ann just being like, yeah, listen, like, the, these men, of the, using the men of Gotham, these men who have oppressed us for so long, we're going to fight back. And I thought that was a great moment. If anything, maybe her personally speaking to, I mean, just because of my... Uh, negative view of joker maybe you know speaking to some of um those previous films of dceu that did not have the same amount of representation that these do all right yeah i think we're uh good to go with uh wrapping up final thoughts and ratings brendan uh yeah i think this movie is like it's a it starts a little all over the place but all in all it you know it it it's a really good movie and it I enjoyed it, and I think all of the characters are really well, like, fleshed out uh, as a kind of... It, it's it's not a Suicide Squad sequel. It's, it's um, like, it is a successor to it, but it's not, like, it's tonally different and just, like, makes so many more just, like, good choices when it comes to, to the film itself. Uh, and I think that it's a really enjoyable film, and I think I'm gonna give it an A, just because I I really enjoyed it. It was a good one. I got my little Harley Quinn Funko Pop, and after the the disappointment that was Suicide Squad, I did put it in a box under my bed. Uh, but maybe she can <laughs> she can come out and and join the rest of the Funko Pop collection because she did she did so well in this movie. She good deserves job. a reward. <laughs> she deserves a reward. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I enjoyed uh, a lot of things from this movie. Um, I loved how it did establish itself as a very different film. It was not going to follow the uh, typical superhero superhero movie formula that I had just been getting very bored of. And even though that did kind of sometimes stray it, stray it in a direction of confusion with it jumping around a bit too much, um, I love that, that originality of it. Um, that being said, I did think that some aspects of Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie's portrayal was just a bit too much. Like, I understand that Harley Quinn is a very ditzy, all-over-the-place character, but I felt like sometimes they were just making her stupid. And it was like, no, but, like, she's still cool and powerful. Um, I, 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 like I said, I, I love the action scenes. I thought that they were so well shot, and it was definitely... You were able to see that they put the time and dedication into making these scenes... Um, uh, with people who are actually doing their own stunts so that we can actually get a shot of everyone doing everything. You know, it's not just close-up shaky cam. Uh, the majority of this movie I just, I, I thought was fine. Um, I thought it was a little bit too overindulgent in it, in its own um, special effects, own, you know, title cards and different things popping up on the screen. Just stuff that annoyed me with uh, Suicide Squad. And I thought that the villain was a little bit forgettable. I know that runs contrary to what uh, everyone else was saying, but I, I thought, like, Hugh McGregor did a fine job. 
Um, so for overall, I uh, thought it was a good movie. Not one that's going to stick with me too much, but uh, definitely still a very enjoyable movie apart. So I'm going to give it a B. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy this movie. Um, there are a few things that, that really hold me back, just specific moments, uh, some things that they do with the the cinematography and just the um, kind of some of the asides at times. They feel a little bit forced, feel a little bit unnatural. But, I mean... It's just those are those were really strong directorial choices that I'm glad we got to see, even if, you know, some of them, um, some of them I really liked, some of them I didn't. And, you know, I'm OK with that. Um, this movie has a really strong message. Um, uh, I think the real star of this movie is uh, the action sequences. I, it's again, like I said, it's operatic um, violence and just so much fun to watch. Um, it. I think what's what DC is doing better and better is it's walking the line between uh, realism and still keeping these appealing aspects of fantasy uh, that are present in the comics present in uh, the animated series, which was especially important here since, you know, that's kind of, that's where Harley Quinn, uh, the character first started. Um, I think an example of this is how Harley Quinn uses, um, this hammer in the funhouse scene. And it's not quite the, like, if you've seen the animated series, it's not quite the same, like huge, goofy, oversized thing that's in the animated series. But again, they're not like, I feel like, uh, I feel like maybe a more like man of steel, like interpretation of this would have just had her use like a regular hammer, like out of a toolbox (laughs) instead of her, instead of her big, um, uh, like more comedic one. But, yeah, it's not trying to go too gritty realistic, and it's not um, it's not trying to be too light either. I think it's walking a really nice line um, between that. In terms of the characters, I, I mean, none of these characters are uh, exactly the same as any character we've seen before. They all have a lot of really specific traits, um, a lot of really fresh traits, uh, and yeah. Uh, oh. A line I forgot about. I'm going to mention it during my final thoughts before I give my rating. But um, when uh, when Harley Quinn's apartment gets blown up, she yells, Holy Bechdel! Which I just think is an incredible joke. Uh, it it lines up with um, uh, Burt Ward's Robbins saying, you know, Holy yeah. whatever, Batman. Uh, Holy Houdini, Batman. Yeah, and this, and this, in this all-female movie, it's, it's a nice call-out of, like, the Bechdel test. Um that's a great moment. Yeah. So there are a lot of parts of this movie. I really, really enjoy a few parts. I don't, but, uh, I'm going to give this movie an a minus. Okay. Yeah. I really like this film. I thought it was a fun time, really entertaining film. Like you guys said, I think the action scenes are a standout and to be able to mix in a message to a fun action movie, um, is something that not, not a ton of Hollywood films go for these days. And I think that that's something really refreshing to see. And it's a really great message on top of that. I think most of the performances are really great here. I actually really enjoyed Margot Robbie this time uh, as Harley Quinn, which I did not in Suicide Squad. I thought she was really good. I really liked um, Journey Smollett-Bell. I thought she was really great as Canary. I really loved Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like I said, I do have some problems with the performances of Rosie Perez and the actress that played Cascade. I thought it was just fine. Um, but McGregor's villain was the through line of the film that also kept it really 
kept everything focused in terms of the storyline. He was a really entertaining performance. Um, was a great stand-in for misogyny and those type of people. Um, that I thought it did really well. I like what they did. How making making this film Suicide Squad adjacent. You don't need Jared Leto's Joker in this. You don't need Will Smith in this movie. While still advancing the story in the DCEU, it kind of it does its own thing, and I like that it's doing its own thing. I would love to see a crossbow killer movie. You know, just those type of things where it's like <laughs> I, I would love a Huntress movie. I thought that would I think that would be great because she was my favorite character. Um, but no, yeah, I I like the hyena. The hyena joke's really fun. I didn't get to mention the hyena. Oh, uh, Bruce like the, the hyena. Very fun. <laughs> Good character. After the that hunky itself. Wayne guy. Oh, yeah, another exactly. thing that I didn't get to mention, um, which is stupid, was the, the, the whole the taco shop scene. We didn't talk about the tacos. A very, very end of Avengers when they're getting shawarma. Mm. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And very fun and scene. Cass has to poop. Finally. <laughs> no, but yeah. Finally she poops. I, I really... There are a lot of things that I really like about this film. The main detractors for me are Montoya's character, who I, like I said, I really don't like. I really don't like her character. I think she's really annoying. It is what it is. And the first 45 minutes are so scattershot for me, it's really hard for me to follow and make a through line of the plot. Um, But, you know, all in all, entertaining movie. I would recommend this movie to anyone. I'm going to give it a B plus. I think it's a really good film. Um, So, yeah, I think it's one of the better films in the DCEU. Still not my favorite. My favorite's still Wonder Woman. Um... But yeah, I'm really excited for Wonder Woman 84. I'm really excited for the Suicide Squad going forward. Uh, I think DC is going in the right direction. So, Hell. so uh, yeah, speaking of DC going in the right direction, I think we have a fun series coming at you guys next. Uh, so we haven't announced what we were doing next. A couple weeks back, you heard us saying that we were going to be doing the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. We will be doing those movies eventually once No Time to Die is actually coming out. Right now it's November. We'll see if that date sticks. Um, but we will be doing the Craig Bond movies at some point. Craig Bond. But next... Next, coming up next, we kind of combined two ideas that we had. We had the idea to do Alfred Hitchcock, which is 63 movies, so we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> and we had the idea of doing a movie per decade. Um, so we're going to combine those two, and we're going to do an Alfred Hitchcock movie every decade that he made a film. Um, so we're going to start with the 1920s with The Lodger, which is a, a really great silent film that we're going to be talking about next week. So that's going to be the podcast next week. And then for the 30s, we chose The 39 Steps, which I personally have not seen and Matt is the expert on, um, or the uh, person who's seen it before. Um, Alfred Hitchcock is my favorite director, um, just my go-to favorite director. I took an entire class on him and his films in film school, which was very cool um, as one of my critical studies classes, so I'm going to have some random stuff to pick it, uh, to throw in there that I learned in that class. That um, And we're also going to go back to the silent era. We haven't talked about any silent films. We haven't talked about any films really... Vertigo is the is the furthest back film that we talked about, so this is a little bit of continuation on our Vertigo discussions. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Those are the only two films that we have locked down. We haven't picked the films for the 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s yet, even though the 70s we only have two choices, so that's not going to be too hard. Um, but no, yeah, that's going to be our series coming up. Where the next six episodes are going to be um, Alfred Hitchcock films from the silent era through the 70s. There's something that I would love to mention, which is the other shows that we do on the network. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, this is obviously our main show. That's probably what you're most familiar with. It's what we've been doing the longest. But we also do uh, a bunch of other really fun shows on the network. I host a comedy advice show called Stop Wait What, where we take questions from the Yahoo Answers service and we answer them in roundabout, hilarious ways. It's great. It's fun. It's a good time. You should check it out. Um, our most recent episode of that, Golf, was released uh, just the other week. 
Uh, I also do a podcast called Twisted Mug Mysteries, where we talk about various spooky things in the world. The next episode of that should be coming out relatively soon, uh, where we talk about- You also about... have a podcast coming out this- I do! I do have a podcast coming out- uh, Two days from two now. Two days yeah. from now. We're not going to uh, say what it is, but- uh, Just keep, keep a an look eye out. out. Yeah, this is uh, going to- th- You're going to love it. It is released I, on sure. Monday, May 30th, and yeah, in a couple days, there's going to be- Something really, really cool coming out. Something March really 30th. special. Something really what special. What did I say? I, uh... May. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we keep also... an eye out for that. That's all we'll <laughs> say. But yeah, you'll you will love it. Uh, yeah, uh, Logan, would you like to talk about? It will be a recurring series, I believe, as well. I, think I, so, yeah. I sure yeah. hope so. Uh, if it hits. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, you. it's okay. I was just gonna ask. I was gonna ask Logan if he wanted uh, uh, to talk about his his uh, his series. Yeah, uh, I host Back in Style with Matt. Back in Style is our Twin Peaks and David Lynch podcast. Uh, Right now we're going through all of Twin Peaks um, and reviewing every single episode. Uh, I've seen the show before. Matt hasn't. Um, Makes for some really interesting conversations. Ryan has also recently started watching the show. Uh, We might try to have him on at some point, but... um, I'll be on at some point. Yeah, yeah. We're about halfway through season two at this point, uh, and then we'll be doing the movie Firewalk with me. The Return, and then any other uh, David Lynch movies. So whether you're a longtime fan of Twin Peaks or uh, you want to just get started with the show, this is the podcast for you. Matt, yeah, do you want for to... sure. Definitely, definitely check uh, Back in Style out, as well as everything out on the feed. Uh, like we said, there's a whole bunch of content out there. So if you're looking for something to listen to, uh, we'll keep you busy with everything. And there's a lot more cool stuff coming out. So definitely keep your eyes open for that. Matt, we- and one other podcast I did want to mention real quick is the Octo Island podcast, which we are going to be doing um, a few coming up. I know we mention this every time. We're going to do Duel of the Fates eventually. Logan is halfway through reading it right now, or two-thirds of the way reading through it right now. We're all going to read it and do a review of that script, which was the original script for Episode Nine. Uh, Clone Wars Season 7 is coming out right now. I am listening to some books. Brennan's reading some books. Uh, so we got Apprentice. a lot of Star Wars content that we are going to be going through um, soon. Also, along with Matt, once movie new releases are coming out, uh, we do the Cinema Talk Movie Journal, which maybe we can do a few random episodes of, like, Onward just came out, or will be coming out this weekend on Disney+. Plus. We can do random little mini-reviews like that. So, uh, yeah, we do the Cinema Talk Movie Journal. We talk about a lot of things. That's where our top 20s of every year are going to be. We're going to be doing our top 25 of the decade soon, which, by the way, I've watched some movies recently that are definitely going to be in that top 25, maybe even that top 5. We'll talk about it. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that feed, um, on the feed for those episodes. I'm assuming the top 25 of the decade will be out within the next two or three months. So yes, you want to go ahead and plug those social needs, uh, Brendan? Yeah, I, I, I would love to. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at twisted mug media, and you can also email us at twisted mug media with any, any random, uh, things that you want to tell us. Um, also, you know, just like interact with us we love talking to people we love getting feedback on the show uh you can also talk to us on our like other social medias individually if if that strikes your fancy but go go we're tagged on instagram i believe yeah yeah we should be um go yeah go follow those it's a lot of fun we post some fun stuff on there some behind the scenes content if you will um and we'd love to hear from you guys yeah yeah, email is twistedmugmedia gmail.com did you say that already 
I, I, I think I started to. I don't know if I finished saying Oh, okay. Twistedmugmedia at gmail.com. Please email us. We would love to hear from any of you. And it's super easy. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll be back on we'll be back on Wednesday with a podcast. And then also fr- <laughs> we've kind of done the Monday. Friday is going to be pretty set. Monday is going to be Cinema Talk. Friday is going to be Stop Wait What or Back in Style. Um, back in Style. And then Wednesday is kind of our, you know, our wild card. We're going to throw different Twisted podcasts Mike in there. So, uh, Island. This next thing. whatever's coming out on Wednesday, what, yeah, this next project that we have coming. So uh, we'll we will see you on Wednesday and Friday. And then the Cinema Talk podcast will be back next Monday with the Lodger. So uh, go ahead, check that out. That's on Criterion Channel if you have that, so you can watch it on there if you want to uh, keep up with us. So uh, yeah, I'm Ryan. I'm Brendan. I'm Matthew. I'm Logan. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. See you. Bye. Testing titties, testing titties. I'm recording.